0: Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast.
1: I'm your co host, Josh. And I'm your
0: co host, The Girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, your favorite horror movie podcast about a veteran viewer and a virgin viewer of all things horror and scary, with a side uh, helping of trying to be killed. (laughs) My name is Cindy. I'm The Girlfriend.
1: I'm Josh. Welcome. Welcome to The Witches edition. The Witches. And welcome to the 90s.
0: Yeah. Okay. This, this is 1990. 1990s. So this is the ten So let's go back to 1990. I am 10 years old. About to be 11. I am 8. I am thinking I'm a lot more than I
1: am. Actually, almost to the day I am 8 when this came out. This really? This came out August 24th of 1990. Oh, that's kind of cool. My birthday, listeners, is August 30th.
0: Very cool.
1: Almost on my birthday.
0: What was going on in the world? I think the first Bush was president. Yes. He
1: was. He was indeed. All right. Are you ready for this? Yes. There's a lot of stuff in 1990. So the U.S. invasion of Panama happened. Bum, bum, bum. That's a thing. Nelson Mandela was released from prison. Okay. Mikhail Gorbachev was elected the first president of the Soviet Union. Yep. Driving Miss Daisy won Best Picture. Let's take this uh, fun into the World Health Organization removing homosexuality from its list of diseases. Oh, that's
0: very nice of them. Thank you so much.
1: 1990. God damn. Really? (laughs) Still not accepted in most parts of rural America. Guess what? You're welcome right here. Hey, do you remember this? What? All I'm going to say is four words. Roseanne Barr. Star Spangled Banner. Anthem.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. That was... uh, fodder for comedians and sketch comedy for
1: many years to come. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing um, I thought of. Germany reunifies. Yes. Tear down this wall. The Rwandan Civil War begins. Gosh, yeah. And Iraq invades Kuwait, which sets up damn a little thing and a few months after this. Technically 1991. Operation Desert Storm. Desert shield, right? That's what it starts. Storm was first, and then shield.
0: No, it was shield first, and then it became a storm, because we were protecting them, and then we were attacking them.
1: Maybe. I thought it was the other way around.
0: Whatevs. It truly doesn't okay. matter. What does matter is the fact that here we are 20 years later, and it just now, officially, America left. 20
1: years. Well, that's Afghanistan.
0: Well, in the America. Middle East. <laughs> God, that's true. We're uh, so...
1: God damn. So people that were born in 1990... Okay. The weekend,
0: Nice. I love that. I love The weekend. Uh
1: Dev Patel. Okay. Star of The Green Knight. Yeah. His hair is... Fabulous. Amazing. And I don't want to, like, be superficial because he's an incredible actor and he slayed his part in The Green, the Green, Green Knight. Knight. Yep. But goddamn, his hair should win something by itself. Uh,
0: men from the country of India, Indian, have luscious hair. Like... It's just gorgeous. I just imagine. It's, it's thick and it wavy incredible. and beautiful. I would imagine.
1: Like he just, he looks like he smells delightful and is probably a wonderful person. Yeah. So if by any chance someone runs into Dev Patel after listening to this, tell him that.
0: Tell him that. We give him a thumbs up.
1: I, and I love him. I have a man crush on him. Margot Roby was born that year. Okay. And Bo Burnham.
0: Oh, cool. I, I am. Hear
1: that Turning 30 song in my head. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to talk about who died?
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Because it's going to segue incredibly well into the conversation about this movie. All right, here
0: we go. Did roll.
1: People that died. Yep. Stevie Ray Vaughan. No connection to this movie. No. However, connected to this movie, Jim Henson and Roll Dahl.
0: So (laughs) when people talk about, like, what celebrity death, like, messed you up the most? For me, it was Jim Henson. That was the first celebrity death that just ruined me. I mean, I think even though I was 10 going on 11, even then didn't understand, like, why didn't he just go to a doctor? I didn't understand that his religious beliefs, he was a, he was a, belonged to the church of uh, the Christ scientists or whatever. And he didn't believe in going to a doctor. And so he died of like the flu. And it just, guts me. Like he, when he finally went to a doctor it was too late. That man was responsible for so much happiness in my life. And then Roll Dahl. That's
1: why I'm terrified of losing David Lynch. Knock on wood.
0: He'll be fine. We have nothing to worry about. Forever. And so then Roll Dahl. Roll Doll. Everyone knows who Roll Dahl is. If you don't, you're wrong. He wrote Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. He wrote James and the Giant Peach. He wrote The Witches. He wrote, um, he even wrote a series of short War stories from his time. He was a a spy and an airplane pilot for the United Kingdom. He crashed a few times. He was a POW. I mean, his story is crazy. And everybody knows something that he's written.
1: He wrote a Bond film.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Which one?
1: He wrote... No Time to Die,
0: the one that's about to happen now?
1: I wish. He wrote You Only Live Twice, which... Is basically the movie that spawned Austin Powers. Like, the idea of, like, a (laughs) volcano fortress and all that, like, crazy. It's the movie where...
0: Is that the Roger Moore one? No, no,
1: no. It's still Sean Connery, but it's the first Sean Connery one where you're like, fuck, and this movie's insane and (laughs) bad and weird. Like, they kill James Bond, in quotes, because he's not actually dead. They fake his death. Okay. And then they make him... They make Sean Connery into a Japanese man Oh, I don't like makeup. any of this. And then he pretends to be a Japanese guy for like a little bit in the movie. And <laughs> Roald Dahl wrote that.
0: I'm uncomfortable. He
1: also wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, felt, I With felt the kidnapper. If I was going to talk about both of those, I should start with the uncomfortable Sean Connery, uh, Japanese racism, and then start... Get get out of there with uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Chitty Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang
0: Bang. Yeah. I love, I teach um, occasionally, well I teach, but occasionally I teach, uh, it's called Beware of the Dog. And it's just the short story about fallen pilot during World War II. It's very cool. He has this way of writing that, I mean, people just love. He's so, a, it's fun.
1: This movie is interesting because it has someone you adore who wrote the book that the whole thing is based on but then it's directed by someone I adore
0: who do you adore
1: so this movie uh, is directed by Nicholas Rogue who directed Walkabout and one of the most gutting insane horror movies I've ever seen in my entire life called Don't Look Now with Donald Sutherland okay (laughs) it's fucking insane highly recommend however he made a kid's movie he made this movie and spoiler alert he made it scarier than Roald Dahl wanted him
0: to. <laughs> oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> Roald Dahl, people think that he didn't like children, and I don't think that's the case. He's just, he's very British. He didn't have any kids of his own. He really respected what he did and his audience. Um, <laughs> he just wasn't a kid person, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I imagine, I'm just now realizing that Christopher. Oh my goodness, Christopher Lee and Roald Dahl would have been, they probably
1: served together.
0: Sorry, I'm just making some connections in my head. I need to do some research on something. Hang on. Go ahead, Josh.
1: The screenplay itself was written by Alan Scott, who also wrote Don't Look Now. Uh, He wrote The Awakening, which is an insane mummy movie starring Charlton Heston. Mm -hmm. There is a mummy movie starring Charlton Heston, (laughs) and this guy wrote it. Uh, Roald doll. Yeah. No, yeah no 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 oh no um, the Alice screenplay Club. yeah and he is the co-creator of the Queen's Gambit that show oh, everyone that everyone that. loves that so much so everyone
0: loves the Queen's Gambit these days
1: um, and I'm gonna go ahead and knock this out now because we skipped over this oh so sorry. this movie is PG okay PG ooh so I remember last week was PG-13 now we've gone down to PG
0: we get to watch this movie because I remember being too scared to watch it I remember leaving very quickly not a movie theater, but I think it was probably like on the TV or something. I was a big old scaredy cat.
1: It is one hour and thirty-one minutes long.
0: It stars the beautiful Angelica Houston, yeah. doesn't it?
1: It does. You would know her from the Adams Family, the Royal Tenenbaums. From
0: being, isn't her father
1: massive, big deal director yeah, or John was Houston. John Houston? I was
0: said Charles. John Houston,
1: who directed a ton of shit, yeah. but of the she Madre, is,
0: and... uh, yeah. She is a royalty. She is Hollywood royalty for sure. So it's... Legend.
1: Grandfather is Walter Houston. Right. Right. Who starred in Treasure of Sierra Madre and won an Oscar for it. And then his son directed it and also right. directed a ton of movies. Oh, African Queen. Um, um, played yeah. the villain in Chinatown. Oh, That so was an actor himself. He had two children, which are Angelica Houston, who... This we all know and love. And, and then Danny Houston... Who Dwayne? Um, he was Clive Owen's best friend in Children of Men. He's if you saw his face, you'd be like, "Oh, him." He's been doing okay, like, a yeah. ton of stuff. All right. Well, no problem then. So yeah, the Houston's are no royalty. Roy, like God, I almost said royalty. She was romantically involved with Jack. And oh, forever, forever. forever,
0: forever so yes. In um, fact, she went with him when he did. Uh, right when he when he did the Shining. The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right
1: weird that i just knew that off the top. like what you were talking about i when you did the you know <laughs> the shining
0: i don't know a lot i don't watch movies but i love to read and so i've read a lot of autobiographies and biographies that's i a, know a lot
1: that's a bold statement to make for someone who co-hosts a movie podcast.
0: <laughs> that's why we co-host a movie podcast because it's hilarious i've never seen things like how have i never seen the
1: witches it Sorry. is what it is. Well, it's about to be changed. Yay! Uh, the cast is- Unless rounded, I walk
0: out again. The cast is Straight. rounded out
1: by Mae Zitterling, who plays Helga. She was in The War Game and Almarosa from the 80s. Jason Fisher plays Luke. He was in Hook and Parenthood. Remember the movie Parenthood?
0: Mm-hmm. It spawned the TV series, right? The and idea then, of it.
1: Lastly. The lastly. last person I'm going to talk about. Finally. Playing Mr. Stringer- Is? Rowan Atkinson. <gasps> I didn't know he was in this. Depending on how old you are, he's Johnny English if you're younger, Mr. Mr. Bean, Bean or Blackadder. Yeah, uh,
0: I've got I've got Blackadder, Mr. Bean, I do, and then that's about where I end it. So this movie,
1: weirdly, after seeing all the screen tests, they screen tested a shitload of people, and then after all the screen tests were done, uh, Angelica Houston was Roald Dahl's pick. He was the one that that he liked her the most. Excellent
0: choice. She's my Morticia
1: Adams. This is the last film that Jim Henson personally oversaw. Yeah. And the film was released in the United Kingdom a week after Henson's death. Damn. So they actually pushed it up in America. But in the UK, it came out when it was supposed to come out, which he passed and then it came out a week later. All right. I will say I'm going to leave you before we get into the talking about the poster and whatnot with this little bit of trivia. No, hit me so up. What after, we got? After a test screening, Roald Dahl angrily expressed to the producers of the film how, quote, appalled he was at the vulgarity, the bad taste, and actual terror in certain parts of the film. Dahl demanded his name and title be removed from the film prior to release, but after receiving an apologetic, complimentary letter from Jim Henson, hmm. Roald Dahl grudgingly withdrew his threat.
0: Jim Henson was like, it's hard for me to even talk about him. He was he, he was my childhood. Him and Canadian television. Very, <laughs> like it's true. We had very different childhood. Fraggle Rock, Muppet Babies, Muppets, every Muppet movie you can think of. And Canadian television.
1: My childhood was Fact. given to me by Monster Squad. Right. John Carpenter. Obviously. And Toby Hooper. Lovely. <laughs> Good God. All right, babe. So show hey, me,
0: <laughs> this is the part of the program where Josh shows me an original movie, uh, print of this movie. And I try to discern meaning. So it's, it's a famous poster. It's Angelica Houston with that beautiful, like maroon, purple robe and the witches. Um, I know what this movie is about. I know that this is about women, um, the the traditional witch, and they disguise themselves as beautiful women and they turn children into mice. That's all I know about it. I'm, I rem- I just remember being so scared. at It was early in the movie, so we'll see. And then I just know what The witches is, is about, you know, just tangentially. You know, my students talk about when we started doing the Roald Dahl story about ways that they know him. And uh, this movie has just been turned into a Broadway play. Um, it just got
1: remade. It too. got remade. With, right. With... Uh... God, I just... I don't remember, but it, it just came in out. Anne Hathaway.
0: Yeah. It came out right before yeah. the pandemic. So probably say, 2019,
1: 2018. I started to say in heish. Nope. Like, that's, that's not that's right incorrect. At all.
0: all right. Where can we find this movie? This version of this movie. HBO Max. Sweet. Let's go. So there
1: you go. It's streaming on HBO Max right now. You
0: don't have a special tin collection of I
1: this somewhere? Don't. I don't. <laughs> I just... I thought about buying it in case we needed it, but it's on HBO Max, so...
0: All right. Well, uh, join us, won't you? Mind the doors.
1: From the incredible imagination of Jim Henson and director Nicholas Rogue comes a fascinating new fantasy adventure. The Witches. For when a little boy accidentally stumbles into their secret world he finds they've got a lot more power than he ever imagined (laughs) grandma it's me luke luke they turned me into a mouse oh my it was the grand high witch join luke on his remarkable journey now the witches are on his tail And he must scurry around their evil plots. Squeak past every danger. Finally setting the trap that will save the world from the witches. You are
0: in for a treat. We must stop them. Hey guys, welcome back. We watched... Roll Dolls, The Witches.
1: The Witches! We saw.
0: Uh, she looked like a queen. Angelina. Or Angelica. Angelina. Angelica Houston. Angelina Jolie. No, Angelica Houston looked phenomenal. She was such a queen in this with that flowing purple and black kind of dress and then that cape. She was phenomenal. Dipsy. I loved it.
1: Also looked like a queen when she took her face off.
0: That was wild.
1: More on that in a moment.
0: In a mo. (laughs) More on that in a mo.
1: Oh my god, this movie. It's a really fun movie. Let's just dive in. Cindy, what is this movie about?
0: Uh, It is about um, witches are real and they're trying to get rid of all children by turning them into mice. And how they are stopped. They are thwarted. True. They're thwarted.
1: Uh, IMDb listed as a young boy stumbles onto a witch convention and must stop them even after he has been turned into a mouse.
0: Bum-ba-dum-ba. So,
1: boom. Okay. Um, this movie is kind of dark for a kids movie. Like, it, especially is. it is. Especially when viewed today. <laughs> I have not seen the remake so I can't attest to if they lightened it up. I'm sure it's not as henson I know they did a lot of digital effects rather than practical. Was Henson effects. involved?
0: The Henson Studios involved. They might have been in involved
1: as part of like a like producer credit. I'm not sure. I didn't I, know I if totally like oh yeah
0: they used their puppetry again.
1: No, or again, I, I updated and versions someone's probably thereof. Screaming in their car right now as I'm saying this. Calm down, I didn't bro. Watch it's it. all right. Calm um, down. So I don't know what the new one looks like. I've just seen. Okay. And the trailers seem to lead. It's a very CG-looking uh, witch, which is... I like practical more than digital. Not I want out of my witches movie. That's
0: right. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was really fun. It was a good time. I was having a hard time. So at the end of uh, this episode, we'll rate uh, our movies this month. I had a hard time this month. Yeah. These were some really fun movies. These
1: are, I don't know if Kane's Labyrinth is going to come up. I well, don't call that fun, but I do love the shit. It's out of that not
0: movie. fun, but man.
1: Yeah.
0: What, what I like all these movies for the same reason. Uh, I like. Um. I like Studio Ghibli things because they're. I like that it's not an archetype. I know. I like that it's not the Disney princess prince. You know what I mean? Like I like these original. I don't know if folktale is the correct term or not, but I just, I I like these original ideas and these really cool,
1: yeah. I don't
0: know. I, I've i really just had a good time.
1: Uh, to me, I think this market of, like, kids horror has been essentially ruined. And I think there's a way for it to come back. But I think it's been disney Yeah, And I don't mean, like, something wicked this way comes Disney. I mean this, like, Disney Channel, like, iCarly, mm-hmm. like... Every kid is good looking and every kid has one problem, mm-hmm. and that one problem is like addressed, or you know, they're it, it's just
0: it's a very uh paint by numbers pops, yeah, popsicle kind of world.
1: And I don't know, like these movies, the kids feel real, they're real kids. And all of these films are like we said, they're horror movies with child protagonists, but they all address the same problem, which is in every one of these movies the child hero or the protagonist learns that the world is scary and it will kill you.
0: And on, and that's real y'all. And
1: that's like a really scary lesson to learn. And we've all learned it at some point for yeah. ourselves. Right.
0: And I'm sure a few people learned it from watching some of these movies <laughs> as at a young age.
1: Yeah. Actually weirdly just was reading an article the other day that kind of tied into this. I don't, it's one of those a moments when you're, talking and doing one thing and then somehow your phone listens in on you and then <laughs> whoever yeah. your CIA agent is that's listening in, or FBI agent, he's like, maybe you should read this article. So I had an article and pop up. And you're like, what? Yeah, you're like, holy shit, I was talking about grills. Now there's that- a grill ad. Yep. But I had an article pop up and it was, I maybe the New Yorker, that sounds pretentious enough. But mm. it was essentially an article about a person who was arguing that 80s children's horror stuff, and they specifically started with the Neverending Story. Okay, and (laughs) Arachnix and the Swamp and, and Littlefoot's mom, and you know, yeah, they were like, kids' movies today are fun, and they're meant to be fun, and they teach kids like, hey, let's have fun and be kids. Kids movies, when we were kids in the 80s, were like, hey, people die. People die. People you love are going to (laughs) die.
0: There's a recession. It was like the harsh realities.
1: It was was hard. I think the first time, and I can't remember because I was so little, um, which one came first in my childhood. But it was like a one-two punch of, I remember going to the movie theater and seeing Optimus Prime die in the Transformers cartoon movie. That meant and a then, lot to
0: a lot of uh, important men in my life, but not to me. So, <laughs>
1: and Littlefoot's bomb we find her in the rain. What <sighs> the oh, fuck?
0: <laughs> I saw that in the dollar fifty movie theater. What? The and fuck? I cried for days to come.
1: And our tax in the swamp, and <sighs> the, the whole point of the article, same. The whole point of the article was they were arguing. That
0: we all have post traumatic stress disorder. No,
1: no, no. That's the joke. That's the recurring joke, right? Is, right. Oh, we've all been scarred from these like, <laughs> children's movies that we I Really, yeah. Like The Witches and, you know, uh, Artex and the Swamp and The NeverEnding Story and Littlefoot's Mom. But in actuality, it gave us this weird cushion to be like, oh, the world's a yeah. fucked up place. And then we've kind of the reality. used that <laughs> cushion because we've had to because the world's a fucked up place. Yep. And it's been progressively.
0: Like, oh, okay, no. this is, yeah, we knew this was happening. So. Okay. Well, I was I, I was waiting for, Mad Max got me ready. I'm ready for this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You've prepped, you're ready for water wars yeah <laughs> I guess. It's, yeah, it's.
0: <clears throat> or I mean, I'm not prepped for, I'm living through oil wars. So, no, water, gasoline wars.
1: Water wars is what's coming next.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, we're at, yeah, Mad Max prepared me for this. Yeah. Here we go.
1: But I don't know. It's the thing where it really is a divide, and I don't know when it stopped. Like, children's movies, when I was a a kid, I say this I like I'm talking to a bunch of (laughs) 10-year-olds driving in their cars right now. Most people, Um, yeah. But if you think back to the kids' movies, of the like the cartoon movies and live-action movies of the 80s, they were scary at times. When they were scary, they were scary. Yes. And they... We're not afraid to kill people.
0: Off. TV shows dealt with molestation and being locked in refrigerators, and oh my gosh, the, the worst we had—not the worst, but I mean, like dads leaving. Like, and the worst these kids have is you know, I think there was like a dating situation and posting something online on uh, in one of those iCarly things. But I—I I don't. I think I might be misinformed on that. <laughs> like the The differences between just TV and movies back then and now, totally different.
1: I mean, I learned so much, and I, and I don't, I don't want to give this movie too much credit or not enough credit, but I feel like a lot of how I perceive this country mm-hmm. and <laughs> came from uh, an American Tale, for instance, right? Oh yeah, right. The Five idea old. of
0: cried a lot in that movie too. Yeah,
1: come in here. To find a better life and realizing it's the same life. Yeah. And you just gotta struggle and grind and fact, struggle and yep. grind. That's a fucking real. That world. there is and no paradise. That you course, know, it's just this is, else is it. taught me. Thanks, Don Blue.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So uh,
1: I think that's why these movies are so important. And I think that that's why these films speak to both children and adults, especially why I think *Pans Labyrinth* is this weird thing where it teaches history but it also teaches what it's like to be a kid in the middle of a traumatic situation Right, which is what all these films do it's they, they straddle the line of their entertainment mm-hmm. but they also help explain the world I, I explain
0: some shitty harsh truths yeah yeah that yeah I'm thinking about pan's Labyrinth now get yeah. hey you so yeah it's like, been like wait. these movies I liked all these movies. It was hard to kind of do a ranking this month. We want to go ahead and do that now. It feels, there's no way that this is, we can archive rolled dolls, the witches. There is no uh killing. There's a lot of oratory. I'll give you that. There's no fornication. There's,
1: okay. I will disagree. There's definitely killing. And the fact that they, uh, Mr. Bean. Oh, Yeah splits Angelica Houston's <laughs> tiny rat character in down the In twain. Middle, splits yes. her in half. Yeah, that's um,
0: true. That does happen. Yeah,
1: I, it's <laughs> definitely, this is not an exploitation film. This is like a...
0: It's a kid's story. Kids movie,
1: and there's some fucked up shit in it.
0: What do you think is like the theme of this story? Like, what, was there a message for kids underneath it all?
1: Well, you need to remember the book versus the movie. Right. So, in the book... Like, everyone's like, this movie is scary. Let me tell you about the book. Have you ever read the book? No. So, in the book, he gets turned into a mouse. Just like that. Right. And they take care of the witches the same way they do in the movie. But he does not get turned back into a boy. I figured that. So, at the end of the book... He figures out that mice live to be about nine. Oh. And then he takes comfort in the fact that him and his grandmother will probably die together.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, that's so dark. (laughs) And it's so dark because at the beginning of this episode where we talked about Roald Dahl kind of protesting this movie. And I bet you that's why.
1: He wanted that ending. That's
0: what I mean. Like, that's why. He he was like, nope, in my ending, the children die.
1: So let me me give you a couple bits of trivia before we dive into what we think this movie might be about. Okay. So there's definitely that. Um, You mentioned Angelica Houston at the top. She took eight hours of makeup time to transform into the Grand High Witch. Eight hours. And it's a
0: lot. I mean, it's full body.
1: Uh, in the UK, two scenes were edited and cut so the film could get a PG rating. Oh, no. Those were the beginning shot of the skin of the main witch's face getting removed when she started peeling her face off. And that was too much. And the last shot of Bruno transforming into a mouse. They were like, too much. Too much. Because it's England. Yeah. Uh and, Yeah. In the book... Versus the movie. So, you know the movie, they keep hinting at the finger. She's missing a finger.
0: Yes. And they're like, they, they never, never explain it.
1: Yeah. And I guess they were like, well, she's mildly diabetic. Maybe she lost it because of her diabetes.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> but in the book, she's she a retired like her sweet. witch hunter. And she lost her left thumb, not, in, not pinky, pinky finger. Pinky finger. In an encounter with a witch.
0: Well, they, they again, they hint at that. They never give us closure on it with... Uh, her stories that she tells. Like, how did she know all that shit? They don't tell us. Mm-hmm. How did she lose that pinky? They don't tell us. Okay.
1: They went through a lot of people and banded about a lot of people to play Angelica Houston's role as the Grand High Witch. Who? But the person who came closest that was not named Angelica Houston was Cher. Oh.
0: I love Cher.
1: So, uh, here are people that got mentioned at some point during... The pre-production of this movie, when they were casting, here's some names that were either offered, or they were they were bandied out
0: to about in some way.
1: So obviously, share okay. Bertha Kitt.
0: Oh, Bo- that would have been good too. She has mm-hmm. that phenomenal voice. Jean-Kiev yeah
1: have Bujol.
0: Oh, okay. Helen I think... Mirren. <laughs> I don't know what she looked like and as Benna. a as a younger.
1: Oh, okay. Fair. Is there any point in Helen Mirren's acting career where she's not just been Gorgeous, stunning. Like my God, Anne Bancroft, Olivia Hussey, Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. Linda Blair, mm-hmm. Faye Dunaway.
0: Maybe you have to have that presence.
1: Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Jodie Foster. Too young. Vanessa Redgrave. Maybe. Frances Conroy.
0: Okay.
1: And Liza Minnelli.
0: Share Liza Minnelli. You have to have that presence. I don't know if it's because now that I've seen Angelica Houston's version of it, you know, it can't be unseen. But just that commanding, mm hmm it was fabulous. And that's all I can think about when you think about that Grand High Witch is just she's so haughty when she's in her human form. She's made herself absolutely perfect. Uh, And I really, I can appreciate that.
1: So, I mean, what do you think this movie is about? I think you could read it as it's part of Making the best of a bad situation. Yeah. You know, of playing the hand that you're dealt.
0: Yeah, and that kind of goes in line with most of Roald Dahl's stuff, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yep, that this is it. Suck it up, smile, carry on. You know, keep calm, carry on. I, I guess. What do you think? Do you uh, I mean, have any. I think if
1: we play that against the other most famous Roald Dahl work, it, Willy Wonka. Yeah. Right. The idea of Charlie's accepting of the fact that he's poor. Right. And he's rewarded for only being able to buy like one candy bar.
0: And the child, like it's the children don't get turned back. You know, even in the new version, you see them leaving the factory like all fucked up. <laughs> so maybe that's it.
1: And, Just and I think grin it's- and bear it. I think it's that, and it's also with Roald Dahl, in my experience, that actions have consequences, and those consequences last your entire life. Yeah. Right? You like, chose to
0: do these things. He
1: chooses to sneak into that room and hang out, and then he gets caught and he gets turned. And he does get his comeuppance and he does <laughs> become get, a mouse. Kill the witches, but he's stuck being a mouse. It is what it is.
0: But at least, yeah, look on the bright side. Always look on the bright side of life. Do-do, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um i would watch this well both my children have already seen this they did um going through elementary school a big unit on reading the witches and then seeing the two versions and kind of comparing yes. them all
1: and the younger one liked the new version more because he said it is less scary less
0: scary he that do, he does not like a scare at all he doesn't like something bad looking he doesn't like a scare so this would this was bad for him Uh, I would watch it again. It's a great film. It's super fun. I don't think either. I mean, I think my kids are kind of too old for it. You know? I don't know. Yeah, this is
1: definitely one of those movies that, like, you like when you're young, and then you go through a phase when you're like, it's too, I'm too old for that movie. Yeah, it's like a good 7, 8, 9 movie. And then you look back, and you're like, The Witches is fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So.
0: Totally. Let us should we rank our movies this month?
1: Yes. And okay. we uh, for the listener we are gonna throw Pan's Labyrinth in because it's yeah. the weird Technically, connector between last month August and this month. month, this, this month so. Yeah. We're gonna go ahead and throw it in just for weight.
0: So we've got Pan's Labyrinth, Something Wicked This Way Comes, The Gate Witches. Is that it? I believe so. Okay. Alright, so for my number four spot. I'm gonna say I'm putting the witches for my number four, only because this was a really good month.
1: Yeah, it was a super good month. I was really. I have really a lot happy. of
0: scratches and changes and notes, but in the end, yeah, this is that's my number four.
1: Okay. One and that
0: says something because I like World doll.
1: One for one, my number four is also the witches. Okay,
0: number three, something wicked this way comes. Same. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no, listener. I, We're doing it again. Here's the
1: thing. I love something Wicked This way Comes. I love the book. Right. And I think that Disney fucked with the movie enough yes. that while it's got a really good. Skeleton. There are some parts that I agree just don't work as well for me. Which is the
0: problem I had with witches as well. I wish they had gone a little deeper into some things. So I kind of went back and forth between three and four with those. Okay, I'm sorry. Facts. I
1: think we're gonna go four for four on this one. I right? think we are.
0: Number two, the gate. I fucking love the gate. I loved the gate. <laughs> I love it was fun. a good old fashioned eighties horror movie. Like I don't think it gets it's comeuppance. There's Pretty decent scares. There's some, in the 80s, good uh, effects. That it's eyeball. an interesting story. It's yeah. so cool.
1: That eyeball in the hand scared the ever-loving shit Ugh. out of me when I was a
0: Just, kid. Just, yeah. Scared <laughs> and, and then, of course, number one. I knew this would be uh, Dear Joshua's number one, because anything that attached to Guillermo del Toro is number one. But And then Pan's Labyrinth is number one. Four
1: it's just a masterpiece it layer
0: upon layer of meaning and nuance and again it has that element that i i really love of these original stories and these unlikely heroines who and heroes and heroines who aren't perfect these imperfect kind of characters that still
1: yeah
0: on some level have a good ending
1: i think all of these movies at their heart why they work is because the kids seem like kids. Yes. They seem 100%. like they just snatched up real kids and put them in the situation we followed them. Agreed. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I, th- if I hadn't have already used The Lady in White, The Lady in White would have been a yes. perfect film for this month.
0: But in fact, I think I even said that. Yeah. Because I thought we had done this theme previously because of that movie
1: the lady in white is so it just
0: kind of fit oh that was such please, a please wild movie
1: find a way to watch that movie go back and listen to our episode i love the lady in white it
0: definitely fits in if you like this 80s if that's not a genre but these you know vintage like dare i say that that late Classic. 70s
1: early 80s style yeah
0: horror kids, movie. kids kids scary movie the are you afraid of the dark level of scare you would really like that one too. And you'd really like you'd like all our movies this month, I think. Okay, so next month, what are we watching? What is our theme for the month?
1: So we're gonna do a little movie from 1981 called "Dead and Buried."
0: Dead and Buried from 1981.
1: Yeah. It makes a really good pivot off this movie. Okay, the fact that they are they both take place at a uh, beachside communities.
0: Josh has been working real hard on his pivot movies. He's upped his game. Okay. Well then uh until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy and I'm still his girlfriend.
1: Yay Guys are gonna fucking love Dead and Buried. So scared and
0: gone. <laughs>